Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our new podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on major podcast platforms. Why we love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. 鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。欢迎来到轻松调频美文阅读《Motorid》，我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文、
poet is a man who puts up a ladder to a star and climbs it while playing a violin. Edmond de Goncourt. 诗人是这样的人，他架起通向星星的梯子，一边爬梯子一边拉提琴。Edmond de Goncourt. Motorhead，下面让我们一起来读诗。Motorhead，闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poet毛泽东，朱淑贞。触目原池景，何枯菊已荒。风寒侵叶枕，霜冻妾沉妆。江上风翻翅，庭前菊带黄。题诗欲排闷，对景倍悲伤。Writing of thoughts in the early winter, Zhu Shujian. I catch sight of the scene in the garden pond, where lotus is withered and daisies dried. The chilly wind encroaches my night pillow, and the frost makes my dress up terrified. The wind on river rolls ahead in red. Tangerines before my court. Are yellow dyed. I'm to dispel my woes by writing poems, but the same scene makes my sorrows multiplied. We just heard the song "Autumn Winter." 出自中国宋代著名女诗人朱淑珍，中文版本由南海之声的主持人周薇为您朗读，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，由谢燕明翻译。朱淑珍出生于约公元1135年，约1180年去世，号幽栖居士，宋代女诗人，也是唐宋以来留存作品最丰盛的女作家之一。南宋初年时在世。祖籍歙州，也就是今天的安徽歙县，《四库全书》中定其为浙中海宁人，一说浙江钱塘人及今天的浙江杭州人。他生于仕宦之家，夫为文法小吏，因志趣不合，夫妻不睦，终致其抑郁早逝。又传朱淑珍过世后，父母将其生前文稿付之一炬，其余生平皆不可考，素无定论。在我们今天读到的《初冬抒怀》这首诗中，诗人面对冬日空凉远景，内心被触动。触目是枯荷荒菊，萧条简陋，如若被光阴侵夺，看过去倍觉荒芜。昨夜风寒侵枕，今朝沉霜披靡。
，他在这料峭的寒日当中，对生活变得迟疑，懒坐沉庄。江边枫叶红似火，风吹过便赤浪翻滚。庭前亦是金黄橘果满树繁荣，原来是看过去丰盛的美，如今却是萧萧冷冷，凄凄惨惨。本欲赋诗抒怀解忧，岂奈眼目所及是空洞，清悲更添浓愁。可以说，朱淑珍的这首诗写的曲意阑珊，凉尽了骨子。初冬抒怀，朱淑珍。触目原池景，何枯？菊已荒，风寒侵叶枕，霜冻妾沉妆。江上风翻翅，庭前菊带黄。题诗欲排闷，对景倍悲伤。Writing of thoughts in the early winter, Zhu Shujian. I catch sight of the scene in the garden pond, where lotus is withered and daisies dried. The chilly wind encroaches my night pillow, and the frost makes my dress up terrified. The wind on river rolls ahead in red. Tangerines before my court. Are yellow dyed. I'm to dispel my woes by writing poems, but the same scene makes my sorrows multiplied. You ask me in brief what satisfaction I get out of life. 聆听世界上最美的文字，就在轻松调频 Easy FM， 每个充满阳光的清晨。欢迎大家每天早晨六点半收听美文阅读，我是主持人沈听。More to read. It's a great way to make your day. More to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 欢迎您继续收听轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read， 我是沈听。下面让我们一起来感受 Beauty of Words。今天我要为大家选读英国女作家简·奥斯汀于1814年出版的长篇小说《曼斯菲尔德庄园》当中的节选片段。这部小说以男女青年的恋爱婚姻为题材，描写了陷入感情纠葛的几对青年男女。善良懂事的范尼，由于家境穷困，从小被寄养在富裕的姨妈家。姨妈家的两个表姐虽然聪明美丽，但都高傲任性。幸亏表兄埃德蒙的亲切关怀，才使他在寄人篱下的生活中得到安慰和快乐。
。成年后的范尼也常随表姐、表兄参加社交聚会。他们在牧师家里结识了风流倜傥的青年克劳福德和他的妹妹玛丽。埃德蒙对美丽机智的玛丽一见倾心，范尼的两个表姐则拼命追求克劳福德。未料克劳福德在逢场作戏后，发现自己真心喜欢的是范尼，而范尼深爱的却始终是温和真诚的埃德蒙。好，那么接下来我们就一起来读一下这部小说开篇当中的部分内容。中文版本由轻松调频的主持人念希为您朗读Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. About thirty years ago, Miss Maria Ward of Huntingdon, with only seven thousand pounds, had the good luck to captivate Sir Thomas Bertram of Mansfield Park in the county of Northampton, and to be thereby raised to the rank of a baronet's lady. With all the comforts and consequences of a handsome house and large income. 大约三十年前，亨廷登的玛利亚·沃德小姐交了好运，仅凭七千英镑的陪嫁，就赢得了北安普顿郡曼斯菲尔德庄园托马斯·伯特伦爵士的倾心，一跃而成了准男爵夫人，既有漂亮的宅邸，又有大笔的进项，真是享不尽的荣华富贵。All Huntingdon exclaimed on the greatness of the match. Her uncle, the lawyer himself, allowed her to be at least three thousand pounds short of any equitable claim to it. She had two sisters to be benefited by her elevation, and such of their acquaintance as thought Miss Ward and Miss Frances quite as handsome as Miss Maria did not scruple to predict their marrying with almost equal advantage. 亨廷登的人无不惊叹这门亲事攀得好，连他那位当律师的舅舅都说，他名下至少再加三千英镑才配嫁给这样的人家。他富贵起来，倒有两个姊妹好跟着沾光了。亲友中，但凡觉得沃德小姐和弗朗西斯小姐长得像玛利亚小姐一样漂亮的，都毫不犹豫的预言，他们两人也会嫁给同样高贵的人家。But there certainly are not so many men of large fortune in the world as there are pretty women to deserve them. Miss Ward, at the end of half a dozen years, found herself obliged to be attached to the Rev. Mr. Norris, a friend of her brother-in-law, with scarcely any private fortune, and Miss Frances fared yet worse. 然而，天下有钱的男人肯定没有配嫁这种男人的漂亮女人来的那么多。沃德小姐蹉跎了五六年，最后只好许身于她妹夫的一位朋友，几乎没有什么财产的诺里斯牧师。而弗朗西斯小姐的情况还要糟糕。Miss Ward's match, indeed, when it came to the point, was not contemptible. Sir Thomas, being happily able to give his friend an income in the living of Mansfield. And Mr. and Mrs. Norris began their career of conjugal felicity with very little less than a thousand a year. But Miss Frances married, in the common phrase, to disoblige her family, 
and by fixing on a lieutenant of marines without education, fortune, or connections, did it very thoroughly. 说实在的，沃德小姐的婚事还真算不得寒碜。托马斯爵士欣然的让他的朋友做曼斯菲尔德的牧师，给他提供了一份俸禄，因此诺里斯夫妇每年有差不多一千英镑的进项，过上了甜蜜的伉俪生活。可是弗朗西斯小姐的婚事，用句俗话来说，却没让家里人称心。她居然看上了一个一没文化、二没家产、三没门第的海军陆战队中尉，真让家里人寒心透顶。She could hardly have made a more untoward choice. Sir Thomas Bertram had interest, which, from principle as well as pride, from a general wish of doing right. And a desire of seeing all that were connected with him in situations of respectability, he would have been glad to exert for the advantage of Lady Bertram's sister. But her husband's profession was such as no interest could reach, and before he had time to devise any other method of assisting them, an absolute breach between the sisters had taken place. He 随便嫁个什么人都比嫁给这个人强。托马斯·伯特伦爵士出于自尊心和为人之道，本着从上而为的愿望，加上总希望和他沾亲带故的人境况体面些，因此很愿意利用自己的情面为伯特伦夫人的妹妹帮帮忙。但是，在他妹夫所干的这个行当里，他却无人可托。还没等他想出别的法子来帮助他们，那姊妹俩已经彻底决裂了。It was the natural result of the conduct of each party, and such as a very imprudent marriage almost always produces. To save herself from useless remonstrance, Mrs. Price never wrote to her family on the subject to actually married. This is the natural result of both parties. Unfortunately, 普莱斯太太在结婚之前从未给家里人写信谈论此事。Lady Bertram, who was a woman of very tranquil feelings and a temper remarkably easy and indolent, would have contented herself with merely giving up her sister and thinking no more of the matter. But Mrs. Norris had a spirit of activity which could not be satisfied till she had written a long and angry letter to Fanny. To point out the folly of her conduct, and threaten her with all its possible ill consequences. Bertram 夫人是个心境沉静的女人，性情异常随和，异常懒散。心想，索性不再理睬妹妹，不再去想这件事算了。可诺里斯太太却是个多事之人，这时心犹未甘。便给范尼写了一封气势汹汹的长信，骂他行为愚蠢，并且威吓说这种行为可能招致种种恶果。Mrs. Price, in her turn, was injured and angry, and an answer which comprehended each sister in its bitterness, and bestowed such very disrespectful reflections on the pride of Sir Thomas as Mrs. Norris could not possibly keep to herself. Put an end to all intercourse between them for a considerable period. 普莱斯太太给惹火了
，在回信中把两个姐姐都痛骂了一顿，并出言不逊地对托马斯爵士的虚荣也奚落了一番。诺里斯太太看了这些内容，自然不会闷在心里不说，于是他们两家与普莱斯太太家多年没再有任何交往。Their homes were so distant, and the circles in which they moved so distinct, as almost to preconclude the means of ever hearing of each other's existence during the eleven following years, or at least to make it very wonderful to Sir Thomas that Mrs. Norris should ever have it in her power to tell them, as she now and then did in an angry voice, that Fanny had got another child. 他们的寓所彼此相距遥远，双方的活动圈子又不大相同，因而，在以后的十一年里，他们甚至连对方是死是活几乎都无法知道。至少是托马斯爵士感到非常惊讶，诺里斯太太怎么能隔不久就气冲冲地告诉他们一次，范尼又生了一个孩子。By the end of eleven years, however. Mrs. Price could no longer afford to cherish pride or resentment, or to lose one connection that might possibly assist her. A large and still increasing family, a husband disabled for active service, but not the less equal to company and good liquor, and a very small income to supply their wants, made her eager to regain the friends she had so carelessly sacrificed. 然而，十一年过后。普莱斯太太再也不能光顾自尊，怨恨不解，白白失去一门可能对她有所注意的亲戚。家里孩子一大帮，而且还在没完没了的生，丈夫落下了残疾，已不再能冲锋陷阵，却能照样以美酒招待宾朋，一家人吃的、穿的、用的，就靠那么一点微薄的收入。And she addressed Lady Buttram in a letter which spoke so much contrition and despondence, such a superfluity of children, and such a want of almost everything else, as could not but dispose them all to a reconciliation. She was preparing for her ninth lying in, and after bewailing the circumstance and imploring their countenance as sponsors to the expected child. She could not conceal how important she felt they might be to the future maintenance of the eight already in being. 因此，她急切地想与过去轻率放弃的亲戚们恢复关系。她给伯特伦夫人写了一封信，言辞凄凉，满纸悔恨，说家中除了儿女成群之外，其他东西几乎样样都缺。因此，只能跟诸位亲戚重修就好。他就要生第九胎了，在诉说了一番困境之后，就恳求他们给即将降生的孩子当教父教母，帮助抚养这个孩子。然后他又不加掩饰地说：“现有的八个孩子，将来也要仰仗他们。” Her eldest was a boy of ten years old. A fine-spirited fellow who longed to be out in the world, but what could she do? Was there any chance of his being hereafter useful to Sir Thomas in the concerns of his West Indian property? No situation would be beneath him. Or what did Sir Thomas think of Woolwich, 
Or how could a boy be sent out to the east? 老大是个十岁的男孩，既漂亮又活泼，一心想到海外去。可他有什么办法呢？托马斯爵士在西印度群岛上的产业，将来有没有可能用得上他呢？叫他干什么都行。托马斯爵士觉得乌里奇陆军军官学校怎么样？还有。怎样把一个孩子送到东方去 ？The letter was not unproductive. It re-established peace and kindness. Sir Thomas sent friendly advice and professions. Lady Bertram dispatched money and baby linen, and Mrs. Norris wrote the letters. 信没有白写，大家重归于好，又对他关心起来。托马斯爵士向他表示关切。替他出主意，伯特伦夫人给他寄钱和婴儿穿的衣服，诺里斯夫人则负责写信。Such were its immediate effects, and within a twelvemonth, a more important advantage to Mrs. Price resulted from it. Mrs. Norris was often observing to the others that she could not get her poor sister and her family out of her head, and that, much as they had all done for her, she seemed to be wanting to do more. And at length, she could not but own it to be her wish that poor Mrs. Price should be relieved from the charge and expense of one child entirely out of a great number. 那封信当即产生了上述效果。过了不到一年，又给普莱斯太太带来一桩更大的好处。诺里斯太太常对别人说，她对她那可怜的妹妹和那帮孩子总是放心不下。虽说大家已为他们尽了不少力，她似乎觉得还想多帮点忙。后来她终于说出，她想让普莱斯太太少负担一个孩子，从那一大群孩子当中挑出一个。What if they were among them to undertake the care of her eldest daughter, a girl now nine years old, of an age to require more attention than her poor mother could possibly give? The trouble and expense of it to them would be nothing compared with the benevolence of the action. Lady Bertram agreed with her instantly. I think we cannot do better," said she. Let us send for the child. 他的大姑娘已经九岁了，他那可怜的妈妈不可能使他得到应有的关照。我们来照管他怎么样？这肯定会给我们带来些麻烦，增加些开销。但相比起行善来，这算不了什么。伯特伦夫人当即表示赞同。我看这样做再好不过了，他说：“我们把那孩子叫来吧。” Thank you for listening to the Daily Audio Podcast.